Hello and welcome to Frank Posen's Big Bad Podcast for April 21st, 2018. Don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com. Okay, so I'm, the first thing I'm going to talk about is this whole Leslie Smith stuff that happened yesterday, uh, as uh, probably most of you are aware of it. One of the reasons I started a podcast was I don't like writing about stuff like this, and I think uh, commentary uh, on a podcast works a little better than, than writing about it. Um, there's supposed to be a fight on tonight's UFC show, uh, Aspen Ladd versus Leslie Smith. And unfortunately, Aspen missed weight. Now, this is supposed to be on the Fight Press prelims. And um, what I didn't know until yesterday is that this is the last fight on Leslie Smith's current contract. And so my thinking was, if she loses, she's gone. Okay, they're just not going to renew her contract. And she knew that, of course. Uh, so what happened is, uh, unfortunately, Aspen missed weight. Aspen thought that uh, Leslie turned down the fight. What we found out afterwards, like later in the day, much later, and I think it kind of got lost in the shuffle, is that what actually happened is Leslie wasn't interested in more money. She was offered, of course, 20% of Aspen's purse, and Aspen says she even threw in an extra five grand. But that's not what Leslie wanted. What she wanted was a contract extension. And whoever she was dealing with in the UFC, I, I presume it was Sean Shelby, uh, basically refused to do that. Okay, so she basically thought that she could negotiate for a contract extension, like I'll fight this fight if you extend my contract, but they told her no. So it came out earlier in the day that what they actually did is they paid her her, her show and win money for the fight, and then that's it, you're gone, okay? And that tells me that they really didn't want to extend her contract. Now, of course, the major complaint about this is that uh, Leslie is at the forefront of unionizing fighters, okay? And that's the reason they would release her, okay? Well, that's part of the reason. It's not the whole thing. Certainly, by being at the forefront of unionization, Leslie has become a nuisance. And you don't want a nuisance on your roster. Now, if Leslie was an elite fighter, they would have a reason to keep her around. But she's not an elite fighter. She never has been. I've been familiar with it, Leslie her entire career. She's basically a mid low mid-card fighter. She got into the UFC by, as a late replacement, okay, back in 2015. She even got a contract extension, mostly because she agreed to offer herself up as a sacrificial lamb to Chris Cyborg. Somebody says to me, oh, she won her last two fights. She didn't beat anybody good. One of the fighters she beat is on a drug suspension, okay? So she was never going to be a contender for the championship or anything like that. She was going to be on the prelims, okay, fighting prelim fighters, well, don't you think the UFC has enough of those fighters? I mean, you do need them, but do you really need them? You know, no, of course not. In fact, based on what she tried to do, she needed the UFC a whole lot more than they need her, all right? And so uh, 
I agree that the unionization thing is part of the reason, but it's not the complete reason. If she was a really great fighter and she was contending for a championship, they wouldn't have released her. Or, uh, to be more specific, they wouldn't have refused to extend her contract. All right, They would have extended her contract. But she's just not that good a fighter. You know, and so if... You're not a, if she's not a good if she's not a great fighter and she's not she's like I said mid card at best if she's not a great fighter and she's become a nuisance I don't know why people would be surprised that they want to get rid of her you know it doesn't look good for them but the, the UFC has shown in the past that they don't really care about this how it looks to people they want to do what they want to do and if they have to be ruthless about it kind of like what they did here then they're going to do that. They're going to do that. That's the way they do things. Listen, Dana White is unquestionably ruthless. And so is Sean Shelby, for that matter, because I know White is not in Atlantic City. But uh, it didn't particularly... So when it came out later that she actually didn't want money but wanted an extension, then I understood what they were doing because what they did by paying the win and show and win money to her and then get rid of her... That is unprecedented. I mean, UFC has never done that before, okay? But it's pretty obvious that they really wanted to get rid of her. I mean, it's unfortunate what happened with Aspen, that she missed weight and all of that. I mean, I'm not going to get into that because it happens, okay? And uh, I understand she's hired George Lockhart to help her out with her next weight cut. So uh, maybe she won't have any problems next time. But the point is... Leslie Smith wasn't going to win that match. She was going to lose, and she was going to get cut anyway, okay? Because she's never, if you look at her entire career, she has never beaten an elite fighter. Never. Not in her entire career. And she's been around since about 2009, something like that. So she's been around a long time. But she's just never beaten anybody who's that good, you know? So it's not going to happen, all right? And, and honestly, if she hadn't got into the... Uh, UFC as a late replacement, she probably never would have made it to the UFC. And that's true of a lot of fighters that get to the UFC by that route. Okay. And a lot of them don't last. She lasted longer than most because, of course, she agreed to face Cyborg. Okay. If she hadn't done that, she probably would have been released long ago. Okay. So that, my take on it is, uh, I don't have a pro. It's, uh, the other thing that's funny to me, okay, is the same people who are complaining about Leslie Smith's release are the same people who complain that there are too many UFC shows and there are too many fighters on the roster. So it's okay for them to release fighters as long as it's not a fighter that you like. Right? I actually don't care. Okay, I'm Switzerland when it comes to that. The reason I'm Switzerland is because I want to be honest about my assessment of fighters, and I, so I don't play favorites. And if anyone's honest about Leslie Smith, you know, she's just not that good. Period. Because if she was, they would keep her. And that's all there is to it. Okay, that's enough about that. I can get off my soapbox now. So yesterday, there was a couple news about some new UFC fights. Uh, the first couple were reported by Adam Hill, the Las Vegas Journal Review. 
for the Ultimate Fighter 27 finale, July 6th at the Palms in Las Vegas. Uh, there's going to be two flyweight bouts. One is a, um, a rematch, Roxanne Modafferi versus Barb Honchak. And the other will be Rachel Ostovich Burden versus Montana De La Rosa. Uh, all four of these fighters are in tough 26. Uh, of course, Roxanne uh, has been around a long time. 2003, she lived in Japan for several years. Her record is currently 21 and 14. Uh, at one point, she had a five-fight losing streak a few years ago, uh, mostly because she wouldn't punch anyone. It's ridiculous. And uh, at, at that time, one of those losses was to Barb Honchak. Now, she's turned things around. She moved to the U.S., and she now trains uh, at John Wood, uh, with John Wood at Syndicate MMA in Las Vegas. She's been a lot better since then, okay? And... Um, she was actually supposed to fight Barb at the Tough 26 finale when uh, Sajara Eubanks missed weight. Roxanne got the title fight, but she lost the title fight to Nico Montana. Um, now, as far as Barb Honchak is concerned, of course, she was a former Invicta champ. But what happened is she, she seemed to retire from MMA and was stripped of the title. From what I understand, what happened with her is uh, she and her husband... Uh, moved across country or something like that, like, like they moved to Washington State, and she just wasn't able to get back into it. Um, so it wasn't, it was a case of where kind of life got in the way type of thing. And, um, you know, so finally she decided to return for the Tough 26. Uh, because of her age, she probably should not have been on the show, but she was the favorite going in because of her championship. Um, I, I was just kind of wondering what she'd be like after almost three years off. And as it turns out, uh, she's probably not what she used to be, right? She lost to Nico Montano uh, in the semifinal. And then on the tough 26 finale, she lost to Lauren Murphy by split decision. And that's somebody she should not be losing to by any stretch of the imagination, all right? So if she was really still a good fighter, you know, she should beat Lauren Murphy easy, who's is terrible. So, you know, this might this fight might give us a better handle on how good she is right now because Roxanne, uh, you know, is an older fighter, but she's actually improved in recent years. Uh, but I think maybe uh, Barb probably should not have returned in the first place. Okay. So the other fight you have Rachel Ostavis Burdon uh, and um, uh, Montana De La Rosa. And um, both of them were in tough 26. And as I, I've said uh, previously, uh, most of the fighters who were on that show were just awful. And, and Rachel is no different. I, she, she was popular in Invicta because of her looks and because she wore Wonder Woman gear. But her record was 2-2 two and two in Invicta. So, I mean, I didn't think she was any good. And I was actually surprised when she made tough 26, but... Then when I watched the show, I, I realized that most of the fighters were worse than her. That was the funny part. She actually won her fight uh, on the Tough 26 finale. Uh, she beat a fighter named Karin Gavorgian, who may have been the worst fighter on the show. I don't know. She was pretty bad. So there she is. She's in the UFC. And... Uh, I mean, we'll get it. We may get a handle on how good she really is. I don't know if this fight will do that because Montana De La Rosa 
is not a great fighter either. Uh, she's kind of in the same category. Uh, I recall seeing her at strawweight. She lost to Mackenzie Dern and Cynthia Calvillo. Uh, she had fought at flyweight before, so she moved back up to flyweight for Tough 26. Um, on the Tough 26 finale, she beat Christina Marks, who may be a veteran fighter, but she's pretty bad. And uh, what's funny about Christina Marks is I, I'd seen the name for several years, but I actually hadn't seen her uh, until Tough 26. And once I saw her, especially on the Tough 26 finale, and now I've since seen her on Invicta as well, I knew why she had never made it to any of those companies. It's because she's really terrible, okay? And, um, you know, it, it was, that fight was a question, similar to the other fight, uh, sim similar to... Uh, the Rachel fight, uh, is that um, it wasn't a question of who's better, it's a question of who's worse, and Christina was a lot worse than Montana. Uh, another interesting thing about Montana is her husband is also a UFC fighter. Uh, actually, uh, they're both low-level fighters, okay? So, I don't know. So, I don't know if this fight uh, will tell us anything about either of them. Uh, maybe one of them will win. Uh, I expect them to be pretty cautious. And um, it could be three rounds of nothing. So, I don't know. I'm not expecting much from it. So, for the other one, for the other fights that were announced, uh, ESPN announced uh, yesterday through ESPN Radio in Boise that um, UFC Fight Night 133 will be July 14th at CenturyLink Arena in Boise, Idaho. And they announced two women's matches for this show. Uh, the first one is at Bantamweight. Uh, Kat Zingano versus Marion Renault, and the other is at uh, flyweight Liz Carmouche versus Jennifer Maya. So uh, Kat Zingano is a former uh, title contender, uh, but from what I could tell in her last fight where she lost to uh, Ketlin uh, Vieira, um, I think she's really slowed down. She's age 35. She's 35 years old now. And I think she's really slowed down. She just didn't look very good. She, Ketlin won the fight by split decision, but it should not have been a split decision. There were a lot of weird um, decisions on that, a lot of weird uh, judging on that night. Uh, but I, she just, to me, she looked like she'd really lost a step. And so, uh, you know, it may be coming time for Father Time to win the battle with Kat. She used to be a, a good fighter. I don't know if she was ever an elite fighter. I think she was close to that, but um, she's had several injuries and um, sometimes those take a toll. Okay. Um, as far as um, uh, Marion, she's 40 years old. Um, she's 4-2-1 and one in the UFC. Um, at times she's looked good and at times she hasn't looked good. She's, she tends to be inconsistent. And that even happened in her last fight, where she fought Sarah McMahon. Uh, Sarah, who also has issues, <laughs> had an opportunity to finish um, Marion in round one, but she didn't do it. And so in round two, Marion turned it around, and then she won with a rear naked choke. So that, for me, has been the problem with Marion, is that sometimes, even within the same fight, she looks good, and sometimes... She looks bad. So, I don't know which Marion Renault are we going to see. So, that to me, I mean, if she wins this fight, she could get a title shot. Kat Zingano, I think, is kind of on her way down. 
okay? But who knows, right? Maybe she'll bounce back. Anything is possible in this business. You know how it is. Okay, so now we've got Liz Carmouche against um, Jennifer Maya. Uh, Liz, of course, is a one-time bantamweight title challenger. And now she has dropped to flyweight in her... La her last fight was her first fight at flyweight against uh, Alexis Davis, who uh, also dropped, has dropped to flyweight from bantamweight. And Alexis won by split decision. And uh, neither of them really performed very well. It was just one of those things where it was a nothing fight and it was close mainly because neither of them did much of anything and um you know neither of them really looked all that good and the thing about liz is i never thought she was an elite fighter anyway she's done more uh with little than most fighters like i, I would have never had her be a title contender no way uh i also think she's had a lot of injuries and that has slowed her down. But she was, to me, she's not really an elite fighter. Uh, Jennifer uh, Maya is uh, the former Invicta bantamweight champion. And this will be her UFC debut. They, they signed her a few months ago. They actually wanted her to fight uh, Valentina Shevchenko in Brazil. But she decided to turn that down. But they signed her anyway. Um, she's 29 years old from Curitiba, Brazil. And she trains at Shootbox, which is where, of course, Chris Cyborg started out. So uh, when I first heard of her, I guess around 2011, I wondered if she fought the shootbox style, like Cyborg, because uh, that would have been good. Uh, but she doesn't do that. She she's actually was a boxer before she got into MMA, and she pretty much is still a boxer. Um, it's just that you have to understand something. One of the reasons you see a lot of women boxers going to MMA is... Um, there's more money in MMA, okay? There's no money in women's boxing. So she's a boxer. She's come to MMA. Um, she's kind of been propped up in Invicta, I guess. Um, she's really not a great fighter for me anyway. She, she, she basically punches. She doesn't even kick that much. And she doesn't have a ground game. And she has no power. So she's a points fighter, all right? And the interesting thing is she hasn't lost since 2014, but her fights tend to be boring, okay? Like light sparring sessions or something like that. So with that in mind, I'm not crazy about it. Now, the thing that would end this fight is if Liz Carmouche suddenly f took somebody down and actually did something. But when I've seen her, when she took down um, Alexis Davis a couple of months ago, uh, basically what it was is that she took her down and sat on her. <laughs> and, uh, you know, she has to go for a submission or something like that. So I'm not crazy about either of them. I'm not crazy about either of them, but because of Jennifer's style, uh, the way she fights, it would not surprise me if she won by split decision or something like that. It's not a fight I'm looking forward to because I have a feeling it'll be boring. <laughs> That's just my take on it, Okay. Anyways, that's it for today. Uh, not sure when I'll be back uh, doing a podcast. I know that on Tuesday, Asuka will be making her uh, SmackDown debut. She will be teaming with uh, Becky Lynch against the uh, iconic tag team, the Two Aussies. And um, I will have the video up on my blog, of course, and uh, we'll discuss it here on the, uh, on the um, podcast. Uh, don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com. 
you can leave a, uh, a voice message on the blog as well. And don't forget, you can also uh, subscribe to my blog at uh, Google Play Music, Podcast, uh, Overcast, Anchor, and now iTunes. So until the next time, have a good weekend.